Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How do you feel about the weather in the UK versus Hawaii? Uh, refreshingly nicer than I thought. He says as it's drizzling outside, yes. it looks like, <laughs> like a storm's about to come. It's like the beginning of the Wizard of Oz out there. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Lives. Today I'm joined by Hiram Yarbrough. Hiram is one of the most refreshing names in skincare and is a remarkable person with a remarkable story. Hiram grew up on a cattle ranch in what he describes as a toxic environment. He left country life behind to move to tropical Hawaii at the age of just 18 in the hope of finding a new life. And find it, he did. Hiram's YouTube channel features forensic reviews of products, brands and skincare routines and is now followed by millions. Hiram is also the founder of his own brand Selfless by Hiram. Excitingly, Hiram is someone who isn't afraid to take on the big boys of the industry, who rails against instant fixes and champions affordable and ingredient-focused skincare. In short, I think his success is well-deserved and that he's a welcome voice to the beauty conversation. It was delightful to host him for a nice cup of tea and chat about his life and work at my house. As you'll hear, he's such a warm and open character. Here's Hiram. Hiram, you grew up in the US on a cattle ranch in Arizona. Yes. Could you paint a little picture of what that was like? Oh, um, probably about as boring and mundane as you would imagine. I guess some people romanticize, you know, rancher life. But truthfully, you know, um, it was just my family and I, and we just kind of solely relied on each other. And, you know, every day when I was younger, just play out in the, you know, in the fields and in the weeds, um, you know, with horses and you know, cattle and all that kind of stuff. It, it, was, it was very boring, to be honest. Not nothing very exciting. <laughs> was appearance a factor at all in your childhood? Were you someone who had a keen eye for anything like that? Yes, but not in a healthy way. Um, I'd say it was more so like belittling and picking apart my own appearance and struggling with, you know, self-identity and self-esteem. Focus on appearance was definitely something that was discouraged, I'd say, because I was raised in a very traditionalist environment and cattle ranch life people aren't thinking about how they look or preventing skin damage or anything like that but it was something I definitely hyper fixated on because I felt like it was the only thing I could control in an environment that wasn't very healthy wasn't very toxic and felt like you know it um it was just overwhelming so focusing on that was kind of my way of just like focusing on myself yeah so that was never going to be your life then no, absolutely not. I mean, I'm grateful I was raised in that environment because it has given me an appreciation for all that has happened um, in my life and a good, you know, contrast. But I would never want to go through mm. that again. <laughs> fish out of water syndrome a little bit. A little bit. But to be honest, I was a fish leaping out of water. <laughs> I was just trying to get out of that environment. <laughs> and you moved to Honolulu in 2015. Yeah. Was that with your family then? No, by myself. I had never been to Hawaii. I didn't know anyone. I had no idea what I was really going to do. I just knew that I wanted to get 
out of you know my home situation, start over new someplace, and it was like the best thing I could have done. I think part of the appeal for me was, you know, living in a small town with a very traditionalist focus and where reputation and, you know, is everything. It really just for me, I I wanted to have a clean slate, like start over somewhere new where I could define myself rather than have my family or my community define me based off of their expectations and their standards. Um, I really wanted just to embrace who I was and really discover that. And I felt that the only way I'd be able to do that is just start over brand new somewhere else new and I just loved the diversity and the the tropical nature in Hawaii (laughs) you're brave that's very brave (laughs) thank you were you working as a makeup artist at the time I wasn't Uh, makeup artistry was something that came afterwards it was definitely something I discovered in my own personal journey of recovering from my eating disorder as kind of a way to help me appreciate my own beauty mm-hmm. doing makeup on myself and then it started to be doing makeup on other people and then I started breaking as a makeup artist mm-hmm. after that so it was kind of a, a cool transition mm-hmm. to it do you remember first putting makeup on yourself mm-hmm. that was the moment like changed my life and is the reason that I am in skincare um, now I had a bad sunburn uh, I had a you know meeting the next day and I decided I was going to go into Sephora to like you know get a product to be able to help with that and you know of course I was nervous as a guy and being raised in a very conservative environment, you know, the, the thought of putting makeup on was something that was very, very taboo and rejected. Um, but I got a tinted moisturizer per recommendation of one of the associates. I went home and I put it on and I looked at myself in the mirror and it was the first time in my entire life that I ever thought I was beautiful. Like, and it was such a powerful, unique moment. And I was like, I've never experienced this emotion before where I actually think that I look beautiful. And it was more so its ability to help me unlock my own ability to see my beauty and from then on that was able to translate into providing that experience for other people with makeup and then finally you know I in my opinion the most empowering um kind of solution which is skincare I think a common thread for guests on the show is that people who've grappled with their appearance or had that internal struggle find that autonomy over their appearance is really important yes yeah being able to choose means everything and it sounds like you had that exact arc yeah yeah exactly you know it was a very unique experience and something that was definitely unexpected but I think it helped me gain a definitely more healthy relationship with myself and my body and just an appreciation for the the functionality and the you know um, unique individual aspects of myself rather than feeling like I needed to adhere to any unrealistic beauty standards or use any unhealthy, if you will, you know, kind of mental mechanisms to try and find my own beauty. It was something that kind of I stumbled upon and ended up being the most effective thing for me. Yeah. So you have this interest in beauty. Yeah. You're trained in makeup. You're fascinated by skincare. What made you think, I'm going to make videos about this? Ooh, so I'd say it was largely because I saw a disconnect primarily between people and the skincare that they purchased. Um, people were largely going off of recommendations made by sales associates, which there's an obvious, very clear bias there that a lot of people, may, you know, didn't always recognize. Or, you know, the only information that was really available online that I saw was from, you know, dermatologists and chemists, uh, highly specified information or information really only relevant to people who worked in the industry. So. 
I saw that there's this big disconnect and, you know, seeing that ingredient lists are so, you know, accessible, but no one really understood what they meant. I was like, you know what, I'm going to start, you know, just talking about ingredients I and mean, sharing that information and sharing information about products. And hopefully it'll be able to help, you know, online. I had seen that makeup videos and started, you know, we're doing really well. And I figured, you know, well, I think there could be an interest in skincare. And so that's really the primary reason, just wanting to help people better understand that so that they made more critical decisions when shopping rather than going solely off of, you know, recommendations of sales associates. Yeah, and you do that very well. You break it down, you make it Thank simple, you. you make it understandable. It's a real skill. Thank you. Was there anyone online that you were looking at and thinking they have a great career in skincare? Or were you completely blind when you went in? I honestly was pretty completely blind when I went in. I didn't have much exposure to other people within the industry because I think for me, I was trying to find people who we're kind of speaking to an audience that had absolutely no idea what skincare was. Um, only after being more involved in the skincare industry was I able to, you know, find amazing people like Dr. Dre, James Welsh, you know, other creators that definitely created more deep diving videos into skincare and, you know, be able to have their videos help my audience as well. But initially it was just like, I'm going to go into this with the perspective that most people would likely have when it came to watching skincare videos, which is, they have no idea they're supposed to take care of their skin or why they should use skincare. You were how old when you started? It was 2019. Technically 2017. 2019 was when I took it seriously. 2017, I was posting like once a month, once every other month, um, all the way until summer 2019, which is really where I was like, you know what? I'm going to put a lot more energy into this. Not that I was getting much reward at that time. I think I had like 2,000 subscribers, but uh, shortly after there. So you were in your early 20s, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you had just huge zest for what you were doing and energy. Mm-hmm. So what did channeling that look like? When you say you were going to take it more seriously, did you sit down and write a plan? Were you someone who just thought, I'm going to put more passion into this? How did how did that channel itself? Yeah, I mean, at that point in time, you know, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. That's always been my passion. So at that point in time, I had, you know, another business that I had been really working on building up. Um, and it was a product-based business that I was getting into, you know, different stores and things that was definitely doing better than YouTube was. I was not making any money off of YouTube, but I think for me, the decision came between, you know, whether I should, you know, dedicate my time to YouTube or whether I should dedicate my time to that because you just, when it comes to things like that, you just can't half-ass it. You have to put everything into it. And so um, that's really when I was like, you know what, even though it's not making me any money and I have no idea where it's going to go, I have a feeling I should just go after YouTube, you know, that I should put all my time and energy into it. And um, sure enough, it worked out. What's life on a big scale like? You now have millions. How many millions is it? Is it nine? I think 12. 12 million. Whoa. Okay. What's life on that scale like? All the voices coming at you, all the thoughts. How do you manage it? Oh my goodness. It's a lot. You know, I try to just focus on the authentic connection that I do have with my audience rather than thinking about it on a grand scheme. Because to be honest, thinking about that many people or that much input or so many different voices stresses me out, gives me a lot of anxiety. And I just, I like feeling like I still just create videos like I did when I had a hundred subscribers and I just did it for fun and it was based off a genuine connection with my audience. So um, the day to day, you know, is, is pretty simple. It's, it's still very much similar to when I was first creating videos, but of course now that it's bigger and it's, it's more of a business and have a team and, you know, everything um, obviously with the brand as well, um, there's more structure to it, but I try to keep it as, you know, rooted in its 
origins as possible. <laughs> you just mentioned anxiety, and I wonder if there are any moments in this journey where you've looked, pulled together, you've been creating content, but you've been struggling inwardly. Yeah, absolutely. One of the th- reasons I love creating YouTube content is that it's kind of like a, almost like an escape a little bit. Like when you're filming, you're just focused on the positive energy of that moment. It helped me be able to get through really dark times. And um, I've talked about this before in my mental health uh, series on my channel. Um, you know, there was one point in time where I was filming videos, stopped posting videos, I think for about a month. And it was because I had, you know, tried to take my own life and I was in the hospital and it was a whole thing. And, you know, my audience had absolutely no idea. You would just not know. I don't even know where in the videos it was because I look completely fine (laughs) in all of them. Um, And I've been, been better about like communicating, you know, kind of my struggles online. But I think one of the things I love about YouTube is it for it to just be a space where I can come to it and, separate myself from stressors and anxiety and everything and just be able to focus on like helping people and creating content that I love. Do you think sometimes it can be easier to bear your soul to a kind of, to some extent, anonymous audience where you're telling people then your family and friends were like oh absolutely yeah. yeah because you know your family and friends will will approach you with a level of empathy and love that your you know audience just it can't have i'm so grateful for the love of my audience but at the same time they're not with me on a day-to-day basis they don't see all the bad times and the good times and whenever you talk about anything that's important to you online you're immediately opening yourself up and all of your vulnerabilities up to criticism so you have to for me i never share anything until i'm ready for uh, until I'm confident enough in it that I know the criticisms of people online is not going to change how I feel about it. On to skincare. Yeah. Why is skin such an obsession for so many people? I think it's because it's such a reflection of not only the way that we treat ourselves and that meditative personal experience of taking care of yourself for five minutes and separating yourself from the stresses and anxieties of the world. It's it's a big, you know, confidence booster. It's been incredible to see how many people have told me that because they watch my videos or because of recommendations, they were able to walk outside for the first time without foundation mm-hmm. um, before. Or, um, you know, parents coming up and telling me that, you know, when their kids' skin cleared up, um, they just noticed that the entire way they carried themselves and their happiness and everything just improved so much. You know, I think it really does affect a lot of the way that we perceive ourselves and not you know based off of any unrealistic expectations of what is considered beautiful skin and not it's more so that experience of taking care of the health of your skin and investing in your own health that i think has a really you know deep psychological tie and can really help improve our mental psyche so your view is get your skin personally to your followers to a better place rather than look at a photo of a supermodel and think, I'd like that. No, 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 absolutely. Perfect skin is an unrealistic and just ridiculous concept because we will all have breakouts at one point in time. It's all about investing and taking care of the health of your skin. Now, in the industry, um, once you've, I want to say, looked behind the curtain, (laughs) have you been disillusioned by what you've seen? You know, funny enough, um, from when I started creating YouTube videos, I'd say I was pretty disillusioned as is. You know, I definitely started my content based off of, you know, 
kind of showing people the reality that ingredients and you know products don't need to be ridiculously high price for it to be effective and you know um, kind of contradicting a lot of the messaging already present um, I'd say now that I've been able to have even a more in-depth look you know as as a brand founder now um, I I'd say maybe yes disillusioned I'd say <laughs> concerned but also dedicated to improving the industry from a back-end perspective mm -hmm. as well is is my commitment, you know, in terms of, you know, ethics and sustainability and suppliers mm -hmm. and all that different kind of stuff. Um, I definitely think there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but I don't think there was ever a moment where I shifted from rose colored glasses on all these products to being more critical. I think from the very beginning, seeing the prices and the marketing, I was always a little bit critical. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening who wonders about where you come from in terms of expertise, you're a very enthusiastic, very learned skincare consumer is that is that mm. the right way to put it yeah i mean i've worked you know within the industry as well you know um with in the past i was able to you know get training to be able to give clients facials and advice recommendations and all that kind of stuff worked on you know uh, teaching skincare education quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, you famously made two stands against huge products and eyes and some of Rihanna's skincare. Now, as someone who works within the industry, I was looking at that and thinking, that's, that's pretty brave. Tell me about that experience. Was there a massive backlash? Did you get in trouble? Did someone knock on your door and tell you off? <laughs> what happened? You know, it, it went, um, thankfully, pretty well. I always, when it comes to my criticisms, I always want it to be rooted in a place of good intent not just fanning the flame you know spouting off you know anger or irritation or anything but actually giving reasoning as to why i feel the way that i do and so with st ives nothing really too major i mean as a brand they have been lovely to communicate with like when there has been correspondence they've been very respectful and i appreciate them for that and i think they understand that like the reason i don't recommend st ives is not just to be hateful it's it's actually out of concern for people's skin um when it came to like fenty skin that was probably one of the most the times i was most scared to make a video and i think it's just because i love rihanna and i know everyone else loves rihanna and it's it's a brand that's built off of so much you know so many elements of diversity which i absolutely love and from a social standpoint i love the brand but you know when it comes to formulations i just have to be honest about what i feel and i think i think i really hope that that you know 
place of good intent was communicated through my videos because that's really where it was and that's where it is with so many things it's not me saying you shouldn't use this product because i don't like it and i didn't like how my skin made it it made my skin feel it's more from you know a, a place of personal principle where i say i don't believe this is going to help your skin so just as i would say this to a friend to my audience i'm just going to say i don't recommend this you know <laughs> still Again, brave. I think that's the third time I've said it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really, really <laughs> The real it. theme running through this. <laughs> so do you think making money is incompatible with being honest or, or giving people an honest product, in your view, in skincare? Um, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's, it's how you approach it. It can be, um, but it can also not be. It really depends on your overall approach. And one of the things when I started, you know, like doing sponsorships and different things like that is from the very beginning i made sure to make it very clear that i was not going to adjust my standards and settle and i've talked to you know like creators and influencers in the industry when it comes to any type of you know monetary strategy how they they will say you know their management team is pressuring them they they feel this pressure and you know they have to like say this positive thing about a product that they didn't like and etc etc and for me like i'm so grateful that i've never had to go through that because from the very beginning um, even when I was smaller and, you know, of course, was getting, you know, a lot of brands who rejected me after hearing my standards and statements, um, you know, I was just, I've always had the approach of if it has an ingredient list that I do not like, if it's a product that I would, I would not recommend to my audience, um, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to talk about it. And so I think it really just depends on the standards you set and you have to really stick to your guns. But I think when when people and brands see that you're doing that, uh, it, it commands respect, and then you're able to set the tone for, you know, how transparent and how honest you want to be. And do you think that maybe is why there's been so little advice for teenagers, just because they don't hold the purse strings and people don't care mm. as much? I mean, yeah, you know, it's always been a difficult audience to tap into. From a business perspective, I would not be surprised if that's the reason be, because, you know, younger people just don't have the expendable income that you know older people have um particularly uh, the audiences that skincare has appealed to in the past which is you know more mature wealthy people who are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on products um very different for younger people and i think for younger people as well because th there's always been this intense desire of just like i want instantaneous results and that's always been my frustration with teenage skincare is that you know instantaneous results is directly contradictory to what skincare is uh, it's about health you know you can't anything with your health your body your mind there are no instant fixes and usually if there is an instant fix it's probably going to do more harm than good and it's the same exact thing for teenage skincare so that's why i am so grateful to see you know gen z and how their perspective has shifted so much when it comes to skincare to more of a focus on preventative care rather than instantly reversible. You're you know. setting yourself up for life as a teenager. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Oh, I mean, this generation I, is going to have yeah. beautiful skin. Exactly. <laughs> so I went for a lot of instant fixes in my youth and uh -huh. I regret it now. I'm still yep. undoing the damage I did when I was 14. Yep. It's a terrible thing. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> what skin battles have you had? Well, my introduction to skincare was based off of my battle with uh, premature aging. When I was 16, 17, particularly when I was in college, I had really bad deep set wrinkles on my forehead, on my under eye areas, to the point that multiple people in my life came up to me and were like, Hiram, I love you, but you should start taking care of your skin because you're aging really, really quickly. And that's something that my, my family just genetically I struggle with. So when I started using skincare, I noticed the incredibly transformative results. And that was kind of my eye-opening moment of, 
oh, these aren't just fancy creams for, you know, um, rich people. <laughs> this is stuff that actually works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been my biggest struggle, but I used to struggle with breakouts and acne and all that when I was younger. And even now it's always keeping that premature aging at bay as mm-hmm. long as possible. <laughs> does it still bother you if your skin is misbehaving? Um, no, because that's skin, you know, that's, that's what happens. You know, it, it's, it's an organ. It's, it's going to have issues. And especially mm-hmm. if, you know, someone like me who's pummeling it with new products all the time, mm-hmm. it's only natural that it's going to happen. And even for me, you know, as I start to see lines forming and damage coming it's not a freak out moment for me because i'm just i know that i'm taking care of the health of my skin and this is just the natural cycle that my skin is going to go through and i'm okay with that can you name a time when cosmetics or playing with your appearance has helped to buck you up or marshal your thoughts oh yeah definitely i mean i I, there's nothing like the moment where you know you're ready to start the day and you get ready and you look good or when you're you know a night out or something and you make sure you take the time to make sure your skin looks good your face looks good you know that it's always just a confidence boost and i will say like i don't like to you know directly relate to my confidence solely to you know whether or not i've gotten ready Mm -hmm. but of course it does help bolster your confidence a little bit when you're like okay Mm -hmm. i'm ready to start the day and i look good (laughs) tell me five skincare products you personally couldn't live without Ooh, um i mean (laughs) All the products in my range, but I think that's a given. If I were to say like one product in the line, uh, the Retinol Rainbow Algae from Selfless by Hiram, definitely. The Skin Fix Triple Lipid Barrier Peptide Cream, obsessed with. The First Aid Beauty Niacinamide Eye Cream, amazing. That one's so good. I mean, I'd say definitely the You to the People Kaolin Green Tea Cleanser, the Bliss Blockstar SPF 30. Uh, Tom Ford Neroli Portofino mm. fragrance I am obsessed with. That is my favorite. When I first smelled it, when I was a broke college student, I was like, when I have money, that is all I'm going to wear. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Do you now wear it all the time? I do. Before we move on to stuff that's by Hiram, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about general other beauty things. So yeah. I've got hair colour, scent, your routine, and I've noticed some tattoos. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. quickly tick those off. So hair yeah. colour, you change it a lot. I do, um, but now I'm back to natural brown. It's fun to experiment, but I am so lazy when it comes to my hair, and it is so much maintenance to keep up the colour. Love when Brad Mondo does a fun, crazy colour, but I'm keeping it brown for okay. a while. Scent, is it just Neroli Portofino? Um, also, Blue de Chanel and EB Florals Orange Bergamot. Ooh, I don't know that one. It's very rare, but I love it. It's amazing. Are you a stickler for a routine? No, I hate routine. Funny enough, I want every single day to be different. I never want it to be the same. Tell me about your tattoos. Yes, so I actually just got three more. I went (laughs) This is the molecular structure of niacinamide. Oh, wow. Um, For my audience, they actually dared me to get this one. So that's a video that's coming out soon. Um, Selfless by Hiram, you know, logo. Um, YouTube to commemorate my YouTube audience. And then the very first tattoo I got, which was to um, kind of signify my mental health journey and how much progress I've been able to make. And I want tattoos all over my So this means a lot to you, the whole... um, online world and what you do it's it's a big part of who you are you stamped it on your actual skin oh absolutely i mean i've said before youtube 
really saved my life. Uh, mm-hmm. It did because it showed me the power of community, something that I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, for me, I see I see the body and tattoos as like a journal entry for the body. So by the end of my life, when I'm, you know, 80, 80 years old, I want to be covered in tattoos. It's just a journal. I'm the same. I'd like to be like a newspaper so you can read yeah, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me quickly what Hiram means, your name. Oh, so it's actually Hebrew in origin, although mm-hmm. I am not, uh, but it's spelled differently. Mm-hmm. The meaning is... Uh, king or royalty, I believe. Oh, yeah. appropriate. <laughs> Selfless by Hiram. Why yes. did you want to work with Colette and Mark at the Inky List? Oh, there's just this instantaneous connection when I first met them. Not off of a mutual interest in skincare. Um, I mean, there was, but mm-hmm. more so than that, they I sense this intense desire to want to do something bigger to help the world. And that was my approach for skincare as well. So it was almost like we aligned with the purpose of making the world a better place um, and, you know, collect both use our power within skincare um, as the catalyst for that. So uh, having that kind of, you know, um, ethical understanding for what we wanted to do really set the tone for what would just be a beautiful relationship. Yeah, you said I want to connect the beauty industry with social change and use skincare yeah. as a vehicle for change. So how are you going about that? For the skincare part, you know, being able to partner with the Inculist is incredible and use their advanced formulation, you know, and knowledge of ingredients. But um, paired with kind of, you know, the, the selfless vision, which is um, not only from a back end standpoint, um, setting a new standard for what's possible by ensuring sustainability and ethics of suppliers that we work with and, you know, the packaging and shipment and carbon offset and reduction of carbon emissions, everything that we're doing, trying to make a positive impact that way, but also giving the consumer an opportunity to use their skincare to change the world for the better, you know, to um, not only give them better skin, but also empower, you know, other people. And I really wanted each product to give that unique experience of you knowing that when you use a moisturizer, you know, you're helping to make this positive impact, this exact, you know, positive impact, like providing someone with clean drinking water for one year. Um, And so from both a back end and front end perspective, we're really hoping to, you know, really be disruptive in the way that it helps show people and companies what's possible. And it's so important to work with people who have a, a vision that's aligned with yours on that because it's yes. a, it's not an easy thing to do. I think oh, it sounds no. easy, but it's not. Oh my gosh, yeah. no, it is so hard. It would have been so much easier to just do a collaboration or a brand or something like that. This was definitely yeah. the most difficult route. Yeah, I would say knowing what I know about the industry, that's probably been pretty hard for you. Very, yeah. But so worth it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to finish by asking you the three questions I ask all my guests. The first okay. being, what to your mind has been your greatest triumph, career or personal? Oh, honestly, I'd say launching the brand Selfless by Hiram. That was a huge moment, um, biggest moment for me. Yeah. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self and who would you return to? It would be um, when I was, you know, around 12 years old, 11 years old, struggling with my own identity, being gay, living in a really bad environment, bullies, all that kind of stuff. And just say that, you know, trust in your heart what you're thinking in your mind the way that you're perceiving the world is correct even though everyone around you is telling you it's not and just keep pushing forward don't be too hard on yourself and you know you're you're gonna make it out of there sound advice for anyone who's listening in that boat as well yes exactly keep pushing you got this (laughs) fine Name three people dead or alive who you'd have at your fantasy dinner party and why? Oh my goodness, this is an amazing question. Um, I'd probably say Malala Yousafzai. So inspired by her and her incredible story. I would love to meet her one day. Emma Watson. I think she's such a role model for uh, philanthropy and 
pursuing your passion and interests as well. Um, and Nelson Mandela, because of his, you know, ability to use something like like sports and, you know, the passion for soccer to unite a country against apartheid. That is an incredible, incredible feat. So you're really driven by people who use something as a vehicle to change. Oh, absolutely. I think it's just, it's just genius. And it's so cool because it's inherently selfish because people get something out of it. We have that satisfaction, but it's doing incredible selfless work. And I think each of those people are you know, yeah. manifestations of that. Maybe one day you'll be on that list too. Oh. Did it through skincare. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 